Good afternoon and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy podcast and we're back once again, <coughs> excuse me, with another episode of, I'm not quite sure, but we're going to be celebrating the International Brigade <laughs> today. So I'm your host, Jermaine, and I'm here with Mark. How are you, Mark? I'm fine. You sound a little bit um, like you've got a bunged up throat or something. I have indeed, yes, but we're still here cracking on with the pot, so let's well, go. I'm point that out to the public how brave you are fighting through that to do the pod this is this is radio right <laughs> i'm in no. isolation no i mean <laughs> i'm just isolation i'm just at home alone for now making an appearance today unfortunately no that's okay but i just want to let the public know that even through uh, clearly a, a difficult sort of breathing episode you're going through you're still plodding on so that's got to be fully respected thank you very much mark thank you very very much um okay so the international brigade then yeah what is it we can share with our curious anarchy listeners okay so here's the deal um why do we remember or even celebrate the international brigade Picture the scene. It's 1936. It's in the, in the heartland known as Spain, and an elected government of a of a united front is is comes to power in Spain. It's a collection of all sorts of different people, uh, labour workers, unions, um, nationalists from Catalonia, uh, the Basque region, Galicia, etc. Um, it's made up of teachers, intellectuals, etc. And it's a very brave new front. Hugely exciting to create changes to a country that's, that was almost living still in the Middle Ages. You know, it had had the Spanish Inquisition, all those things happened. And it was tr- st- stooped in tradition and still in a very Catholic and royal country. It had a king and it had a church and it didn't want to deviate from those things. And here, for the first time in its history, probably, uh, it had a progressive, uh, what's the word, collection of different groups to try and move the forward, move the country forward into the 20th century. However, this didn't go down well with the right of the country. So a bit like some of the stuff we're seeing these days. The right wing didn't like it, and particularly the army didn't like it. And in particular, a general based in Morocco, in the, the equivalent of the French Foreign Legion, was the of the Spanish troops that were st- stationed in Morocco and in the north of Africa. And they he brought some regiments of the army into Spain to over to try and overthrow a democratic government. Which army? The Spanish army. He brought the Spanish army. It's uh, so like you know like today. So, you know, like today we have some troops, say, in in Germany or in in Afghanistan. He would have brought those people back into England. That would be the equivalent. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And he called upon the nations of the right across Europe to support him. And his call was very, very much listened to. So Germany and Italy sent planes and tanks, etc to bolster this coup d'etat, this uprising by the army against the elected democratic government of the country. 
unfortunately, France and England didn't feel the same. They didn't want to support this workers' kind of movement. So instead, they declared a no participation treaty. So they, they said, we're not going to help the military and we're not going to help the government. We're just not going to get involved. And as a result of that, nothing can travel through France or England to get to Spain. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Jermaine? That's what they said, yeah? So that's the kind of, their approach to it was, we don't want to get involved, basically. And we see this today many times, in many different places. Mm -hmm. Same attitude, sort of not getting involved, because it's a vested interest for us to get involved. <clears throat> okay, so, there they were, the Republic was on its own, fighting against the fascists of Spain. Now, I'm not calling the army fascist, but I'm calling the leader of the army a fascist because when, we came, when he came to power, he, he openly admitted he was a fascist. And the Spanish Civil War was a microcosm of the Second World War. It was like a, if you could do a little scale model uh, work through how it would be, that's what basically happened in Spain, except obviously the, the, the outcome was different. But the, the whole uh, battle between right, the right fascism and the middle and the left whatever that was the kind of microcosm from 36 to 39 was a microcosm of what would then follow in europe from 39 to 45. so there it was the republic was on its own wasn't there an overlap when did the, wait, the no there wasn't overlap because by by 39 the fascists had taken control of spain but what's interesting jermaine is that Franco stayed in power till 75. So a fascist dictator was allowed to remain in mainland Europe in control of a country. So when you hear people talking about we wanted to fight fascism, you might want to remind them of, well, why didn't you fight it in Spain as well? Mm. <laughs> you, know, you beat Hitler, you beat Mussolini, but why didn't you stop it in Spain? Anyway, the only help that the Republic got, and I have to tell you that people today still celebrate and remember this because it's such a magnificent thing for them, isolated and alone, the workers who had to go into factories and grab guns so they could fight the army. Don't forget, they weren't trained. These were these were workers who, who got hold of weapons to try and fight off the army. The only support they got was by the International Brigade. The International Brigade was a collection of individuals from every country in the world that came to Spain individually to fight for the Republic. It has some very famous people like uh, Ernest Hemingway and uh, George Orwell, people like that. But on the whole, they weren't famous people. They were working people from around, I mean, lots of people came from the UK, from Ireland, from Hungary, from Poland, from France, from Germany. People came from all over the world. And there's a wonderful quote by an English worker who said, I was fighting fascism when Anthony Eden was sitting down with Hitler having tea. <laughs> and what's interesting for me, Jermaine, is that people don't tend to acknowledge or remember that there was an international brigade. An international group of people that fought for the working for the workers of Spain. 
It's interesting that people don't remember that. We don't we don't get taught it in our history. In the same way that we don't get taught about how many nations fought for the RAF during the Second World War. There were over 12 nations that had pilots in the in the RAF, including many black and Indian fighters, who don't get any acknowledgement whatsoever. And it's the same thing with the International Brigade. People might know about Hemingway, they may know about Orwell, mm-hmm. but the fact that people went there and died there, died in Spain to try and help the, the Spanish people, is almost forgotten. And I think it's important to remember it. I don't know of such a sacrifice in the modern era. I wanted to do this podcast because I was going to ask Jermaine and anyone else who was listening to give me an example of a, of a similar feat in the modern era. Where people have gone from around the world to help uh, the workers of a particular country when they've been attacked by fascism. I don't think that's ever happened in my lifetime. And I'm trying to I'm trying just to get out of Maybe it would have happened when I was like before the age of five, so I would have been none the wiser to. Yeah, I'm I because because I'm I'm guessing a bit older than you. I'm I'm struggling to remember it in my lifetime. Thirty nine was when it finished. Um and the people that came to find the RAF that would have been finished by about forty two. So I'm struggling, 45 at a push. So I'm struggling to remember anything in my lifetime that would remotely similar. And what, the other thing I'm going to say to you is this. I would love someone to point out to me an example, a working example where anarchism, socialism, communism, nationalism all fought together under the same banner. I can't think of another example. So I want to respect the people that decided to leave their own country at a time was very, which was very volatile just before the Second World War where all sorts of stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. In '36, you had the Olympics in Berlin with Hitler getting, trying to get all the athletes to do Nazi salutes. Where Jesse Owens was, you know, humiliated Hitler by being a black runner from America who won most of the events. Okay. And at that time, people left their own country and came across to Spain to help fight against the fascists. There's a wonderful film by Ken Loach called Land and Freedom, which shows some of this. He's a great filmmaker, deals a lot with the kind of struggle of the working class. It's a very depressing film because you kind of see what some of the conflicts were within the United Front you know, the difference of opinion on how they should take the war forward against the fascists. The army and the fascists were united as one. And when you have a united front of people with different ideas, people falling out with each other all the time, and it's a shame. But it also shows a group of people that came from Liverpool to fight for the Republic, you know, against the fascists. So I just wanted to remember it because it's the 85th anniversary of when the brigades started coming to Spain. And I think if we hadn't mentioned it, not many you wouldn't find many references to it. So I thought it was important to do it at the weekend 
of the anniversary of the 85th anniversary. It's interesting. I'm just looking up some uh, some stuff online, and uh, there's a a memorial trust to honour it. Um, okay. Why? Why? Like what? What? Like what does it do now? Uh, I should imagine it sports struggles around the world. I'm guessing. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to guess that. I don't know the answer to that, Jermaine. I've never heard of that, that trust before, but I. I I do know that there's a, certainly even amongst the Spanish people, progressive Spanish people, there is a, like a debt to these people for coming to their country and helping out. And you have to remember that in Spain, you couldn't really talk about socialism, communism, anarchy until after 75, because it was a dictatorship. Yeah. In Spain, they had about five different sets of police. And it was a very repressive place until about the 80s, something about the 80s. Even today, you know, there was a struggle a few, a few months, a few years ago, a month ago, where the people from Catalonia, the, where Barcelona is, that region, um, tried to sort of do something for independence and have been in prison. So those struggles, much like Ireland and Wales and Scotland, still go on today. Um, but that international flavor hasn't happened in our lifetime and when you think about some of the struggles that happened around the world it was interesting that they haven't we've lost that tradition that international solidarity in the end of the 19th century there were a number of communist conferences around the world of all workers groups around the world argentina spain brazil etc all came to these conferences which is why marx actually wrote the communist manifesto having that international forum seems to have disappeared and people are much more localized in their struggles why did they shut down well i should imagine a number of events like the wars stopped them from happening you know, you had the First World War and the Second World War followed pretty much, you know, uh, you know, like, yeah, sort of, you know what I mean? It's like within the period of 1914 to 1949, you've had two major world wars. I, I think it would be very difficult to have done it within the, the auspices of that. Also, there was the hope that when communism started in Russia, that they wouldn't need to organise meetings about trying to start something like that because there was actually a country or two that was actually a communist country but what's interesting is that people haven't tried to recreate those things today which is interesting because we can see that the right does a lot of the ideas that trump came out with are being passed around different countries in a network of right-wing views and you'll see people like uh, farage and, and Hopkins and people like that get invited all over the place internationally. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that, that the left doesn't have the same uh, networks going on when historically they always did, much more than the right. It's almost like a lost generation has happened. Somewhere along the way it's been cut out. 
But to, I said 15 minutes, Joanne, and I don't want to keep you longer because you're not feeling brilliant. So I just wanted to mark the the anniversary, the 85th anniversary. So we've done that. And um, and it's very fitting in this day and age with what we're going through, you know, to have a memorial to the international nature of the working class movements to try and unite against fascism. be interesting to see what they've done in regards to like, or what if anything well they only dealt with spain so i mean it was a, it was a call for help so they went to spain because they were called spain called on people can you come and help us sort of thing wow wow so, so people up to, to help spain what about all the other countries what do you mean the other countries there do you know what I mean? international brigade and they only helped spain Surely they, they did some other stuff. No, because after that, you had the Second World War. It was an international conflict anyway. And it was a conflict against, in theory, against fascism anyway. So so they would have had that training in Spain in, in fighting, you know, literally fighting. And they would have used it in the Second World War fighting fascism. So that would have been an experience to train them for the next experience that was coming up. Mm. I think the people that went to Spain were very idealistic in as much as they thought they could stop fascism. And I guess they thought if they stopped it there, the world might wake up and stop it in Germany. No one kind of realised at that time how ready for war Hitler was. And you kind of get a sense that maybe in Spain the military knew Germany was much more ready than people thought and so they could attempt to do a coup in their own country, which they did. That, that would be my interpretation. Mm. If anybody has any information, like any sort of historians or anything, where yeah, yeah, and just really share the information, the facts about the International Brigade, it would be great to hear from you. Please tweet us at underscore curious energy. In the DMs on Instagram, also at underscore curious energy. Great shout, Jermaine. I like that. Thank you. Awesome. So I think, is that all we've got time for today? Yep, 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 yep. Wonderful. It was there short and sweet, that's all. We just want to do a short and sweet recording to just our memory of those people that took bravely risked their lives for freedom and democracy. And this episode is in celebration of the International Brigade 85 years later. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you've learned something from it to take away and share with family and friends. Really appreciate your time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.